I think the big thing about the combine is that you just want to disprove or approve some of the things that you saw on tape. Physically, you can go over things on the whiteboard now with them. It's just a better vibe overall with that. They need some help, a pass rusher, and the young guys are still waiting for them to develop, but alongside Daniel Hunter, they need that 1B type of guy to play alongside. Um, they need to find their Robin. They already have their Batman in place. The first official event of the NFL offseason is underway. The NFL Combine returned to Indianapolis to kick off the 2022 season. Welcome into the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 133. I'm your host, Tatum Everett, alongside producer Jay Nelson. Gabe Henderson's on location at the Combine. He will sit down with ESPN NFL draft analyst Jordan Reed a little later in the pod. But before we get to that, this new Vikings staff is an indie evaluation the best college prospects as we gear up for the 2022 draft. It's the first for Kwesi Adofa Mensa as an NFL GM and Kevin O'Connell as an NFL head coach. Both spoke earlier this week at the podium. Yeah, I think uh, a systems thinker to me is what you just said. It's a process uh, thinker and, and you put value in that process, the consistency in that process to treat each and every week as its own entity when you're playing games and opponents, how you evaluate in the draft. You can't, you know, you might have your core principles and characteristics and factors you look for for a position, but you cannot, you know, just put everybody into a box and say, this is what we're looking for, because you're going to miss on some players that uh, ultimately maybe don't fit a core characteristic, but you can find a way to use that player in a way that their potential is maximized and it fits in with the other 10 guys. It's about all 11 out there and, and the process of a coach and that kind of system thinking mindset. I really look at it as how are you putting the 11 guys in the huddle in whatever phase you're playing, offense, defense, or special teams, how are you putting those guys in the best possible situation to have success snap in and snap out? And then what are you building upon that to kind of continue to gain that advantage as games go on, seasons go on, uh, and you just build that sustained success from there? Ultimately, you're trying to analyze something you don't know, right? And you're trying to guess as an interviewer, Mark Wolf is trying to guess what I'm going to be like as a general manager, just like I'm trying to guess what Anthony Schwartz is going to be like as a player. And you have information. You get to watch his film. You get to watch his testing. You get to hear from his college coach. And ultimately, you're just putting that together just like anything else and trying to figure out your best way forward. You've only got so many bullets, right? You've only got so many first-round picks, second-round picks, and money. So you want to use all your best bullets on the things that are the most certain and come out that in that way. I think it's safe to say that this combo is great at a press conference. Um, I know, you know, you, you, you take the W's while you can right now because obviously things may change a little bit as the season goes on and it's obviously a results-driven process. But so far, they seem to say a lot of the a lot of great things. Jay, what were your two major takeaways from what Quasi said at the podium? Mainly for these two guys, I will start by saying it feels like the honeymoon is still uh, still Isn't happening. It? Yeah, things are going well. <laughs> Everything that they're talking about still feels fresh and new, exciting ideas. They're still kind of, you know, selling hope for those guys and just kind of getting into their roles and and feeling like things are going well. I think one of my favorite nuggets was the old Wall Street types that he still talks to and friends and colleagues and just kind of mentioning that uh, they would all be taking our jobs when he was re- referencing the competitive nature of NFL athletes. I thought I just it made me chuckle when he was kind of, you know, feeling like, hey, just so you guys understand what I'm dealing with right now. These guys are all a bunch of killers. And so it was just a, kind of a fun nugget that I took out of his press conference. On top of that, he cited the ability for everyone within the organization to kind of work together to get ready for the start of the league year, namely the combine this week and free agency next week. So it 
again, Kwesi just kind of keeps talking about, this is my first time as the GM and people are asking him, what's it feel like? He keeps talking about the process and yeah. learning something new every day and getting to know the people that he's working with and really having to kind of hit the ground running. And so it, it just felt with Kwesi that, you know, he's just getting comfortable in the job and kind of the shoes that, that he's having to fill right now. I used to come into town, you know, plan my vendor meetings, you know, have a couple of things. Honestly, I'd kind of get in here, be in and out in two or three days, you know, because people don't realize this is a very critical part of this NFL schedule. So when you're, when you're not up here, I'm in my room working and, and kind of getting ready for things. Um, but you know, it's great. I, everything's a challenge. Everything's new. And that's kind of what I, what I'm interested in love about this job. So excited to do it. Yeah. I mean, this is the first big NFL event. He is the face of the Vikings front office right now in front of all of the other teams in front of the league front office itself. And so this is a good time for him to, to make a great impression. And, and the process thing I think is great. I mean, when you talk about, you know, the wall street guys, like he's even approaching it. And I think you got a little bit of a glimpse into it when he talks about the puzzle of the salary cap. Sure. Yeah. And that was even, uh, you know, one of the questions they were talking about Grigson and just kind of how he's yeah. relying on him and working with him to deal with some of the other pieces that he might not necessarily be as familiar with. Um, even the the discussion on his end about being GM and kind of the the newness of it and even the idea of the combine saying, you know, the last time I was here was a couple of years ago with the Niners. Um, and for him, the familiarity of it, but he's kind of citing the fact that, yeah, this is different. This is this is a different role. This is a different responsibility. And kind of his focus is going to be in a different place. So I think the refreshing part is on his end too, just kind of admitting like there's a lot of stuff that we're still working through as a group and and being able to rely on the professionals that you've hired to handle some of these jobs. I I, I think people would be a little more nervous if you just walked in and said, Yeah, I know it all and I'm not really, you know, dealing with it. Yeah, it's no, it's more good. of a I think you can be a veteran as a GM for a long time, still come into the combine and free agency process and feel like there are a ton of moving parts. And so for someone like him, he's just trying to get up to speed. Yeah, that's a great point because he said the NFL puzzle is different. The NFL team building is just a, it's a big puzzle, right? We're trying to we're trying to figure it out together how to how to sustainably put together a championship team. And, you know, salary cap is one of the, 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 the challenges and obstacles that we face in that puzzle. Um, we're working together night and day to figure out the best way to, to put our team forward. When you look at the NFL, like there's no rhyme or reason sometimes as to how things work out and you're constantly trying to figure out that puzzle. And I think, and he, I mean, he said it, he said it this week, that's what drew him to changing his career paths in a sense to this, because this is a puzzle where he can apply his economics background, but that is, it's always evolving and changing and extremely challenging. And the Vikings cap situation is extremely challenging this season. So he's going to get some experience right out of the gate. One of the kind of unsung heroes that's always mentioned in this stuff and we've had him on the pod last mm -hmm. year Rob Brzezinski at least you have somebody in, in Rob who knows the drill of what we've done and even talking about last week's show when you were talking to the scouts kind of the idea of here's our process getting him up to speed and then having him challenge them within that process it's being able to take the things that we do and the comforts that we have the things that have worked and then tweaking them in ways that fit some of the new ideas and people walking in the building so again just feels like uh, from Kwesi's side he's coming from a, from a different angle uh the processes that we and the people that we have already set in stone here within the building all of those people bringing their expertise and and just kind of you know melding it all together into a nice big pot of stew in his opening remarks Quasi talked about a good friend theory which i just thought 
kind of makes so much sense. It, it, it You can see it apply in your life a lot of times where, you know, you have different friends from different stages of your life. But when you get them all together, sometimes they become better friends behind your back. Oh, yeah. Or they all get along because they're just quality people. And he said that's what he really thought about when he was putting together this coaching staff. And you can tell the bond between Quasey and Kevin O'Connell immediately when you see them interact, that opening press conference, all those kinds of things. Um, I, I thought it was funny how he shared a story like, you're going to make Kevin wear a suit all day and they both show up in sweats. And yeah. that's just like even even small things like that just kind of show this relaxed change of pace, I guess you could say, of what's going around here. Ultimately, you're making a guess as to the person that you're going to be working with and sharing that hallway with. And man, I can't tell every day you feel so good about the decision you made. Uh, just learning more about him, the little things. You know, when we first met, um, when he got to Minnesota and, you know, they were preparing his day for him and I was asking everybody, hey, are you going to make him wear a suit all day like that? I feel like that's not a good idea. And so we meet down at the at the garage lobby and he sees me pull up in sweats and he's like, you wear sweats like me too. You know, it was like this little the little things. And, and so, you know, when you're in that process, you, you want to make sure you've got the major things covered in terms of how he views uh, team building and philosophy and vision. But then those little things are kind of cool to learn about somebody and, and figure out as you go along. And the collaboration has been incredible. Um, he is a consistent person. He's a, he's positive, uh, competitive, driven thoughtful. Um, it's just, it's been great sharing uh, the hallway with them and I'm excited to continue. It's the idea of how are you comfortable? You know, you're trying to understand who your essentially your work partner is here and, and to figure out, you know, what makes them tick and how are they comfortable and what gets the best out of them. And for those guys, it's kind of like the, the Spider-Man meme of everyone pointing at each other, like, Oh, you too. You know, like it's the idea of, of Quasi and Kevin kind of understanding a little bit more the commonality and, and the similarities that they have and the things that kind of that they take ownership of. And at the same point, the things that mesh and work together well. And I think that the the whole goal is to just keep evolving that as the relationship grows here within the organization for years to come. You have to keep thinking this staff has not been together for very long. No. Kevin has been on the job two weeks now. Yeah. I mean, and he's already out there evaluating players. And I think that a lot of his questions were based on what his thoughts were of people around him on staff. I thought Quasi's presser was a little bit more in depth on like specific things. Of course, you can catch both of those press conferences in depth in full length on Vikings.com. Or you can just listen to us talk about Kevin O'Connell a little bit next. He, he was able to speak at the podium, um, touching on a lot of different things on all sides of the ball, really. But Jay, was there anything in particular that stood out to you about what he said? Just to cite what you were just talking about here, too. Yeah, Quasey got more of the theoretical, yes. what's it like to be a GM and the ethereal stuff. Kevin definitely got more of the evaluate your personnel and tell us how you're going to use them. I mean, everybody uh, uses the phrase the marriage of the run in the past, but really what that means in my mind is an identity of, you know, doing a lot of things to, to make it hard on the defense. But in, in, in all reality, they're simple for us. You know, we use the term uh, the illusion of complexity. And what does that mean? It really means uh, we do as many things, like I said, to make it start out looking the same, but they're different to defend. 
personnel groupings, uh, you know, different formations, different motions, different shifts. Uh, it's important that we play with great ball security. It's important that, uh, you know, we're able to establish the run with physicality, toughness, kind of set the tone uh, for everything that we want to do as an offense. And then I think you got to be great situationally. You hear him all over the place, but again, cited the idea he likes to run a lot of 11 personnel, like the the plan to run a tight end, run a, or run a running back, and then have like three wide receiver sets. And the biggest thing that he jumped out again and just kind of hammered home and reiterated was the idea that your offense should be able to take advantage of situations that stress a defense that you can dictate. And that is the ultimate goal of a offense is to get certain matchups and why when you play certain defenses and, and you're getting these weird one-on-ones, those are the things that they wanted to to kind of scheme and, and to figure out with our personnel what we can do to make that happen. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of praise when he got asked about the O-line situation and the different kind of people we have there and what they did last year and kind of the idea just to say, we have a bunch of talented people at the O-line position. We're going to try to put them in different situations in order to make sure that we get the best out of them. And I'm just interested in seeing what kind of schemes they unveil and what adjustments are going to be made even next week, starting with free agency, just on this roster. I mean, that's that I think is the biggest question mark of salary cap, free agency, draft. This is this big speculation time, and everyone all season long definitely had tons of opinions on the roster and and kind of where the direction of the team was going. Now that you have new leadership, uh, it's a it's a giant wild card, and so it, yeah, for with, sure. With Kevin, I, I'm just I like the fact that he's reiterating the fact of we have a roster that's full of talent. We're not starting with a bear cupboard and just being able to once again, not only with the locals but on the national stage, tell them here's kind of our philosophy, here's what we want to do, and we're still evaluating. I think the quote that we used or the soundbite that we used in this podcast kind of plays off of that as well when you talk about the 11 personnel point, being able to use C.J. Ham as a weapon and not just be closed-minded to the fact that he doesn't fit in 11 personnel. Uh, I hope to be more multiple uh, just based on the fact that we have the personnel to do that, from the tight ends to C.J., like you mentioned. Um, the different variations to how you can attack people in the run game just forces them to have to defend a lot more offense that we can then marry with play pass keepers, drop back pass screens um, to try to generate explosives. And that's really what we'll do. Um, there'll be some things that will look new. There will be some things that will carry over based upon comfort levels for the players because that's important too. Um, and, and the idea is just to build the best possible version of our offense, uh, not only to help uh, you know our players and, and, and the guys we're going to be out there, but help uh, our entire football team to play complementary football in all three phases. It all works together. I'm really excited about putting that together. It kind of goes back to that, sure, this is what I run, this is my scheme, but if this is the type of players I have, how can I move them in different spots to make them the most successful? It's adapting your coaching style to your players as opposed to trying to make your scheme work. Well, even think about last season, how many times – all of a sudden, C.J. Ham would be wide open on on, a, on any given play. There'd be a lot of clear out happening downfield, and then all of a sudden, C.J. Ham is getting a pass and breaking a tackle for a first down, or he's getting a pass and wide open because they just didn't account for him. Yeah, you have to think they saw that, and exactly. that excites them a little bit. And that's the thing, C.J. CJ's talent 
is more than just lead blocker to block for Dalvin. Yep. He can get in space. He can make someone miss. He can bulldog through a, a tackle. And so being able to take advantage of a guy like CJ Ham on your roster, I think if you look at what happened in San Francisco with Juszczyk, they do the exact same kind of thing. Um, and so I just think they look at CJ as he's more than just a fullback. He was a full-on running back in college, and we're going to utilize this skill set to benefit this team, especially on offense when we're in short yarded situations, you would think CJ is definitely a weapon that they're going to turn to. It sounds like Kevin has definitely done his research on his roster as he heads here into the combine and watching all of these prospects perform and evaluate their talent for what's to come and who they want to add and who they think is a good fit. More on that as obviously this whole entire process evolves as we head towards the 2022 draft at the end of April. But before Quasey and Kevin arrived in Indy, they announced the final coaching staff hires. There's a past game specialist game management coordinator, Ryan Cordell, quality control defense coach, Steve Donatel. Greg Minuski is the inside linebackers coach. Darren Montgomery, quality control on offense. Tony Sorrentino, assistant wide receivers coach. And Alik Terry, the assistant defensive line coach. I know that's just a list of names at this point, but to learn more about them, feel free to check out their bios on vikings.com. Also, Jay, I wanted to take one note that, that there were three coaches retained from the 2021 staff, wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell, assistant linebackers Sam Seifkus, and assistant defensive backs coach Roy Anderson, as well as the entire strength staff that was with the team this past season. The nice thing about the strength staff is they're at the Combine as well helping out. I, I saw a nugget saying Thursday morning they were already helping with the bench press station with all the tight ends. The nice thing is when you you do watch the coverage of the combine and you start to really evaluate and see, I love to see the fact that you have coaches of all different teams, different styles, different areas that are all getting in here because all of them are also going to be able to provide notes to the the scouting staff and the draft staff on what they saw. Um, even just behind the scenes, you know, what's a guy like? Is he hanging out by himself? Is he kind of the life of the party with everybody else? All of those notes, all that kind of stuff tends to factor in when they they do their evaluations as well. So I like seeing our coaches being used in different areas just to get as much information as possible in this process. That coaching staff, as Jay said, is all at the Combine right now to evaluate these prospects. But so is Vikings Entertainment Network's Gabe Henderson. He had the chance to sit down with ESPN NFL draft analyst Jordan Reed. All right, here in Indianapolis with my guy, Jay Reed, Jordan Reed from ESPN. And um, Jordan, uh, first things first, congratulations on the new gig. Congratulating you in person. <laughs> and what a what a first event it is for, for you here, right? I mean, first time, ES, first year with ESPN, NFL Combine's back in person. What's been your initial just thoughts and, and reaction to the first day? Well, first is thank you, first and yeah. foremost. It's a blessing to be in the position that I am. And being with the ESPN, it's been great. The adjustment period has been great. Being with Todd Mill and also Matt Miller now has been great, too. Just working with a great group of guys. But as far as just being at the Combines, it's great to have it back. You mm -hmm. know, being back in this situation, being here in front of you, mm -hmm. and then all these other people on Radio Row, it's just a different feeling yeah. when you have – all of this energy and everybody's rejuvenated. It's kind of like Christmas. We haven't opened up those presents. We don't know what's <laughs> right. going to be in it yet. Right. But we're excited to actually be back and be in it. I feel like it's, it's the shuffling of gifts, right? I mean, after you get, you know, past the first five picks, it's, I mean, it's pretty much fair game. I mean, everybody knows what the needs are of certain teams, but 
Yeah, you've been on record saying that the, the pass rushing class this year is, is second to none. Well, why is that the case? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows about Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson at the top. But after that, we saw what Jermaine Johnson the second was able to do at the Senior Bowl. You have David Ajabo. You have George Karloftis. You have plenty of other players at the position, too, not just in the first round. We're yeah. talking about second round yeah. guys. D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky. The list goes on and on of these pass rushers that you're able to reel off. And the Vikings, crazy stat when researching them, we haven't taken a pass rusher since 2005 in the That's first crazy. two rounds. <laughs> which was Erasmus James, which is a blast from the past. Yeah. Everybody remembers that name, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, they need some help, a pass rusher. And the young guys are still waiting for them to develop. But alongside Daniel Hunter, they need that 1B type of guy to play alongside. Um, they need to find their Robin. They already have their Batman in place. With the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft and your latest mock draft, you have the Vikings taking David Ajabo, defensive end from Michigan. Why is that the case? Why does he fit? with this Minnesota team if that's the route they go. Well, with Ed Donatello's defense, he really runs what's called a 4-3 under. Mm -hmm. So you need that weak side defensive end they already have. He already came out and said Daniil's probably going to stand up and have his hand in the dirt a little bit, go back and forth with that. But I think Daniil, with his strength and his power and his length, he can play mm -hmm. on that strong side. We know he's a very good run defender as well as a very gifted pass rusher too. But you need that guy opposite of him. And I think David Ajabo, just as naturally gifted as he is already mm -hmm. as a pass rusher, I think he's an underrated run defender too. He still has some developing that he needs to do in that area. But as far as being ready as a pass rusher right away, mm -hmm. right now, and Donatello's defense, we know the most important pieces are the edge rushers and the safeties. Those are the two positions mm -hmm. that he even came out and said are the very most prevalent in that defense. So having a job opposite of Daniel Hunter, yeah. let's go hunt some quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, I mean, Vikings fans will, will love that. But, you know, with, with that said, it's like, okay, the pass rush and the pass defense goes hand in hand. So your corners are only as good as your pass rushers and your pass rushers are only as good as your corners because if somebody's getting beat, you know, on a long on a long pass, on, on the person that's getting beat, I, I can talk ball with you. If the person's getting beat on a fade, <laughs> right? Like, what's what's the point of having a good pass rush? Why why should Daniel Hunter get back there in two seconds if nobody can cover? Well, the thing with pass rush is that you like to kind of send it in waves, and I think what the Vikings have right now, they kind of have those developmental projects right now, where there's Janarius Robinson or DJ Wanham. They have those those players that can play on third down, and you can send those guys probably as your third or your fourth rusher. Yeah. But having that first guy they already have with Daniel Hunter, they need that number two type right. of relief leaf pitcher guy that can take some of the pressure off of Daniel Hunter and then I think with the situation that Ajabo played in that Michigan with Aiden Hutchinson receiving a lot of attention a lot of double teams he was kind of able to feast mm -hmm. off of him a little bit and it was a little bit of a chain reaction they really fed off of each other but we know Aiden Hutchinson right. was the guy right. at Michigan I mean right. let's not sugarcoat that right. <laughs> he was the guy <laughs> on that defense that everybody game plan for and that's not taking anything away from Ajabo Ajabo is very much gifted and very talented as a pass rusher but just imagine now him on the next level with right. Daniel Hunter. Right. And we're talking about a player that's only a one-year starter. So there's a lot as far as him just scratching the surface of his potential. He only started playing football in 2017. So we're talking about not even five years yeah. that he's fully played and been engaged in the game of football. So I just really like the upside there with the job. You always hear about general managers saying when they build a defense, you build inside out. So you, you start with your interior, your middle linebackers, your defensive tackles, your safeties, and then you go outside, your defensive end, outside linebackers, corners. It, it looks like the Vikings right now are trying to build outside in. Do, do you feel like that is beneficial for a new GM that understands like you have your core in the middle, but all you got to do is just protect the outside? 
Well, I mean, it, it kind of goes hand in hand, especially when you're talking about Donatello's defense. And, you know, in years past, he's been a part of some defense that have had some really good defensive tackles and, you know, previous stops that he has had. But with the Vikings, I think they already have a very solid interior as far as their front line starters with Dalvin Thomason and then Michael Pierce, who I think fit the new scheme yeah. very well. So we'll see what does happen with that. But as far as building from the outside in, I do think they need some corners. I think Cam Dantzler is probably a long-term solution, possibly there. We'll see what happens with Pat Pete on the perimeter. And if he's back, Harrison, we know who's a, he's a stud on the back end. Mm -hmm. But Cam Bynum, I think he's an underrated player that I think yeah. is going to take a big step up next year. We saw what he was able to do in limited action. So I think the foundation is there for Minnesota. Now it's kind of just sprinkling in those, those complimentary pieces that they need. Of course, he was a corner in college, moved to safety got you know playing time this year and unforeseen circumstances and balled out with a guy like that do you try to move him back to corner or do you try to address the cornerback situation earlier in the first or second round I think you keep him at safety just okay. because you know he can play safety. You've right. already seen it. It's already on tape, and he's already had success playing there, especially with a young player. The worst thing that you can do is give him a new position just because it's kind of starting him back over mm. at that rookie stage, especially mentally. He's already learning a new playbook, so you don't want, on top of that, learning a new position too. So I would keep him at safety. I think we'll see what happens with Xavier Woods. We'll see if he yeah. ends up being back. But if they don't bring Xavier back, I think Cam Bynum can step up and fill that role. All right, we'll get you out of here with a couple more. What What is a win for, for the Vikings here at this combine? Um, we, we know it's kind of a, not a, not a free-for-all, but you, you're looking at so many different athletes, so many different meetings. There's so much going on. Like, well, how, how would you define a win for this new front officer, James? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say come out of it with a win. I think the big thing about the combine is that you just want to disprove mm. or approve some of the things that you saw on tape. And the great thing about the combine and having it back in person now is that it's just a different interaction when you can meet with somebody face to face as opposed to through Zoom or through a computer screen. You get a little bit more better feel of the person, especially emotionally, physically. You can go over things on the whiteboard now with them, mm. whether it was a positive thing or somewhere that they messed up. They can go through or walk you through that play. It's just a better vibe overall right. with that. And lastly, how aggressive should the Vikings be in free agency versus the draft when it comes to addressing both, I guess, primarily the defensive side of the ball, but then some offensive holes? Well, we'll see. They have some work to do as far as the cap situation. But, I mean, in Rob Brzezinski, we trust. We know that's <laughs> his, this is his time to shine yeah. every single offseason. So I don't, I don't think they're going to be very aggressive just because of the situation mm -hmm. that they're in right now. But there's some things that they can do if they want to be aggressive in free agency. But we'll see what happens. Jay Reed, always a pleasure, my boy. Absolutely. Thanks as always, Gabe. Jordan Reed isn't the only expert we talked to at the NFL Combine. Check out Vikings.com or the app for more in-depth interviews with guys like Tom Pelissero, Daniel Jeremiah, Ian Rappaport, Chris Sims, and Jay, there are so many more. Was there anyone in particular you were excited to listen to? I always like hearing Tom Pelissero. He's the local guy. Yeah. Uh, Started with K-Fan, et cetera, et cetera. And we all know what, what he's done at this point. I Tom is always interesting because it feels like he's got his finger on the pulse, not only of our team, but the entire league. But it is interesting to me to hear kind of the local guys take with the insider information and just to kind of he understands the mentality of this fan base. And so for me, I I, I like rooting for the local guy and I like hearing his takes because he tends to be pretty honest when it comes to what he sees and what he's hearing. So for me, I like Tom. But 
It is always interesting when you get the national people one-on-one for our specific stuff. You know, usually it's a 60-second soundbite of XYZ is happening with the Vikings, and then they move on to the next thing. But it is kind of nice. That's the nice thing about the Combine. You can definitely pull in these different people and get access to them uh, one-on-one. And so, again, go check out all the content. The VEN crew that's down there is killing it. And um, it's always fun to kind of hear the initial speculation and see what everybody thinks. Plus, be sure to tune into Fox 9 Friday night at 1035 for Vikings New Era, the NFL Combine special. Fox 9's Hobie Artigue joins me, Pete Bursich, Gabe Henderson, and Ben Lieber as we recap the week for this new Vikings staff. It's going to be another interesting week in the NFL next week as well, Jay. We've got free agency starting March 8th, so I have a feeling we will have another podcast pretty soon. Yeah, it never stops. It never stops, does it? So we'll definitely keep you guys up to date through Vikings.com, our social channels, the app for all of your latest Vikings headlines. For now, thanks for listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. For Gabe Henderson, Jay Nelson, I'm Tatum Everett. We'll be back again next week. Skull. 